0: The Bible says in the, book, in the Acts of the Apostles, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. The word of God is a dynamic word. It grows. It's like a mustard seed. When it's planted in your heart and it's being watered, given all the necessary conditions, it starts growing. As it grows, how does it grow? It grows by the revelations that you begin to receive. God will begin to show you different versions and different dynamics involved with the things of the Spirit. And on account of these spiritual revelations and knowledge that comes, your faith is equally increasing, your capacity is increasing, you can do more things for God, you are more convinced than others who are seen on the superficial. So the, 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 the nature of the Word of God is that it must grow in your heart. And it's as the Word of God grows that you grow in the Spirit. Because the word of God is spirit and life. Amen. Amen. And so, at every quarter of the revelation or intuition or revealed truth, the tendency is that people hold on to that truth and remain there. God gives you an insight. God gives the church, the, the blood of Christ, God gives the church a revelation. The tendency is that they hold on to that truth and then think that that's the end. But it has to be progressive from glory to glory to glory. From strength to strength to strength. You don't remain static. It happened in the early church. So what the Pharisees, when they became you know, Christians and all that, they still believe that the revealed truth in the Old Testament is still very necessary that you must be circumcised. But I've forgotten that there's a new dispensation where God has brought a new system that it is no longer about what you do for God, but about what God has done in you. Get this last statement I just said now. It's not about what you do for God again. It's about what God has done in you. That's the new dispensation. In the Old Testament, it's all about what you do for God. Do for God. Do for God, you know. Please God. Please God. Now, in the New Testament, it's all about you doing for God. It is about what God has done in us. Because man could not please God. God decided to come into man. And then, inside man, make him do what he wants him to do. I will give you a new spirit. I will give you a new heart. I will take away your heart of stone. And I will cause you to observe my decrees and my ordinances. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. That is the New Testament. And the more you allow yourself to be waxed within the ambience of what God has done in you, that is how you are able to bear the fruit that he wants us to bear. And the first person to receive this dispensation is our mother Mary. For the Almighty has done great things in me. Holy is his name. Very important. Very important. And the, this contention was an issue that Paul had to go into argument with them. They couldn't leave the old dispensation. They couldn't make a migration. They were still stuck. We shall not be stuck in old dispensation in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's why, because it's progressive in the gospel. Jesus said, any branch in me that bears no fruit, my father costs away. You must bear fruit. You must grow in this dimension. He said, "Abide in me." That word "abide" means to live. The general understanding of the word "abide." See, if you abide in this place, it means I live in this place. Meaning that basically my life is in this place. The Bible says, "It is in Him we live and move and have our being." And I you know, say, "Abide in me." Now, for the Jewish people, to live in a place means to live from that place. Meaning that your life, your everything springs from that realm. So it's in that context that Jesus is doing this word abide here. He said, if you abide in me, meaning if you live in me and live your life from me, draw your life from me. He said, just as I myself, I live because I draw life from the Father. He who is me, draw life from me. So to abide means to live your life from Jesus. That's why he has made himself the living bread. So that we live our life from him. Everything should come from him. Your strength should come from him. Your wisdom should come from him. Your power should come from him. That's why he feeds you. So that you can gain strength from him. Draw his own life and live your life. Because if you try to live your life drawing external strength and all that, you will be frustrated. Because what the world has to offer is death. But what Christ has given to us is what is life. So, if you want to please God, I want to serve God, and you are trying to use the world materials, you will not produce fruit. That's why I said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And our advanced Bible course, we have so much. We must live from his nature. We must live from his life. We must live from his spirit, which he has deposited in you. Which is the great work of God's investment in you. On account of his nature, you, can, you have his nature inside of you. You can resist sin. You can live above every operation of the devil. Every operation of the world, you are too convinced to be led astray. On account of his life, you don't cry and say, God, do something. He has done something because when he gave you his life, he gave you his own key to accessing everything. On account of His Spirit, you know you have access to divine information. God can minister to you and give you new levels of glory. You are no longer caught up in ignorance or in doctrine and arguing like those people that Paul had to engage in the first in the first reading. And so we open up ourselves to whatever dimension God wants to take us, so that any time that He comes, He say He say He asks a question. He say If I come back, will I still find faith on earth? Meaning there will be a diminishing of faith. People will lose this faith. They will lose this spirit. They will lose this body. They will lose everything. But when it comes, we are the ones who answer. You will find faith in my heart. You will find faith in your heart. And if you truly believe, allow what you believe in to change your life. Allow what you believe in to influence your thoughts. Allow what you believe in to your way of doing things. Don't be the same person. No. Allow him to change the way you think, the way you do things, the way you look at life. No. Let him change it so you can be like him because that's the big project. So before he comes, inside you, you are already like Christ. You love like Christ. You forgive like Christ. You are fearless like Christ. You are devoted to prayers and righteousness like Christ. He can say good and faithful servant." The Bible says when he shows up, we shall see him and we shall be like him. That's the bigger project in all this. But remember, the devil will fight using every structure and every system to distract you from allowing yourself to be developed in this dimension. We pray at this mass that this greater project of God in our lives should be achieved in the name of Jesus Christ. That I miss all the turbulence of life, all the ups and downs and all the distractions... Will remain steadfast. Will remain strong. And nobody, if nobody, you know, encourages you, encourage yourself and keep pressing in, so that when that time comes, you will say, "I have fought the good fight of faith." May God bless us now, has through Christ our Lord.